Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's as brutal and chilling and appalling as possibly can be. And as I mentioned, the number kept growing. I hope it doesn't grow anymore today as far as the casualties go. It started off at 2 when I got in the car this morning. I got to work. It was 20. And just recently it's turned to 50. They have released the name of the suspect. I do believe they found the companion that was with this suspect. And the videos are out there. And, and, and yeah, I watched a couple of them, but I'm not going to watch them again because it's as scary as anything I think I've ever watched. And that's not hyperbole at all. It's, I mean, that sound, just from the safe space where I'm at, watching it, will, will put the strongest fear you've ever had in you. Just that rapid sound of that gunfire and trying to, which is damn near impossible, but trying to put yourself in the shoes of someone that was there is just, it, it makes you, I mean, it made me just have chills. So uh, there, there is no good outcome in this because it's, it's, a, it's a massive tragedy. It's the largest in mass shooting in, in this country's history. Mm-hmm. Um, you just hope that now as we sit in our safe space, at the next report that we hear is not 10 more, 20 more, whatever it is. And that just, it, it, it stops here. And as tragic and as large as that number is, we just don't, we don't want to see that grow. No, I, I echo all your thoughts and, and sentiments as well. And, and once again, our hearts, our prayers, and our thoughts go out to those who've been affected by this just senseless tragedy. So we move on once again to some NFL action from yesterday. I spent some time last segment in venting and talking about my football team and how they can never do anything right, and sometimes it's their fault and a lot of times just bad luck. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, and, and I know that the L.A. Rams are a different type of team this year, but one of the concerns that we had for the Cowboys going into the season was, you know, can this defense overachieve again? Is it possible for them to come back? Because it always seems like Rod Marinelli has these guys overachieving. Now we find out that Sean Lee is not going to play, right. and then that's, you know, he he had that's a huge. he had a, he had a long stretch there where he was healthy, but yep. I mean he's known for for missing games. And right then, I should have known that Todd Gurley was going to run for six thousand yards in the game, <laughs> um, but. You know, and and that's exactly what happened. I mean, this this Rams offense did what they wanted to when they wanted to against Dallas, and the Dallas offense kept up, and they were pretty darn good. And Zeke had a really good day. Dak played well. Dez was involved early and late in the game. But if you can't stop anybody, you're not going to win any games. And, and this Cowboys team, when they're looking around the division, you know, forget about the Giants right now because they're cooked. And that was a team that you thought was going to be the, the biggest threat to the Cowboys. But you got two teams, and we'll see how Washington plays tonight. Gets one of the league's best in Kansas City. But two teams in the Eagles and the Redskins that look a hell of a lot better than the Cowboys do. Well, the Washington Redskins are the only team to, to defeat the Rams at, at this point. And everyone was pointing to this Cowboys game. Okay, you think you're legit and you started 3-1 and one a season ago. Well, 
go into Dallas and, and knock off the Cowboys, and that's exactly what they did, a tale of two halves. The first half, the Cowboys could really do no wrong uh, for consecutive sc- uh, scoring drives, and then there in the second half, it was the Rams that could do no wrong. You you get After your initial second-half possession, you score on every drive uh, after that, and, and so uh, that, that was impressive by them. Uh, Sean Lee being there or not being there, uh, I don't point to that. Yeah, that's a huge factor. He's a leader on that defense, but the Rams did whatever the hell they wanted. You had a, a quarterback that was comfortable in the pocket and looked the part. Did Jared Goff, uh, Demarcus Lawrence could not get to him. He did get to him and force a Aaron throw here and there, but for the most part, uh, that offensive line did a hell of a job protecting him, opening up holes uh, for Todd Gurley, who's a three down back you saw him being utilized in the, in the passing game he took one to the house about 57 uh, yards uh it, it was an impressive showing by that offense and you can tell McVay has put his fingerprints all over this deal and 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 golf and everyone on that offense is playing with such confidence and 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 how about my man Wade Phillips uh, former head coach of yeah. the Cowboys goes back and gets a, a huge win first half uh, his defense couldn't stop Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott or anyone, the second half, they pretty much shut him down. Yeah, and Wade Phillips, you could tell he was so fired up. I mean, when they stop Ezekiel Elliott on that last play on that fourth down, and you can read his lips, and he didn't make it, he didn't make it, and how fired up he was, and, and good for him. And, and Sean McVay, in my goodness, you want to talk about early returns on a guy as we were talking about Deshaun Watson and how spectacular he's looked. Well, the, Sean McVay is the coaching equivalent of that so far because you know, just like that Houston Texans offense was putrid last year, as was this L.A. Rams offense. And the the major difference is those two guys. And this is why they wanted Sean McVay. This is why they wanted to bring the guy in to turn Jared Goff into a legitimate starter. It just shows you how important coaching is. Uh, still only right. week four, uh, but that team is fun and exciting. And who would have thought? I mean... You could not get a bigger departure from 2016 with the Texans offense and the Rams offense being offenses that when they're on the field, you got to watch them. Yeah, and, and they mentioned a, a, a stat about Wade Phillips. The year he takes over a defense, that team goes to the playoffs. Uh, so I know this is a, still an, a young NFL season, but you can already see on the offensive side of the ball with McVay and definitely on the defensive side with the Rams and all those number one picks, which people don't usually bring up. They always bring up the Cowboys, all their number one picks on the offensive line, and that offensive line needs to get better. You got penalties. You got they, they, there's so much seepage in that offensive line. Uh, they have not played a, 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 a solid game all season long, in my estimation. Uh, so this is not a, an offensive line. That that looked uh, that looks like it did a season ago when they were protecting like it was no one's business. But defensively for the Rams, they are really getting after the opposing teams, and and that's Wade Phillips at his best. A team I also feel bad for, and it's not just last year, but what's going on this year is the Oakland Raiders. So last year, this is a team that could have made some noise in the postseason. Derek Carr broke his leg, and then yesterday in in Denver, they lose. Well, Michael Crabtree's not playing to start the. The game. Amari Cooper's having the worst year of his career. I don't know yeah. what the hell is going on with right. this guy. I mean, even without Crabtree, they couldn't do a damn thing. And I know E.J. Manuel played a large chunk of this game. It has something to do with it. But uh, Cooper's just dropping footballs. Just looks lost out there. But a scary moment for Derek Carr as he gets kneed in the back, you know, after he's trying to get himself out of a sack or two. And oh. then it ends up being back spasm. It did some x-rays on it. So I guess it'll end up being okay. But I mean, I was thinking, did he crack a vertebrae there? What happened? And you know, Tony Romo, master of the back injury 
you know, he was talking about it on, on the broadcast. So Derek Carr walking gingerly there. But, I mean, this team is so exciting. They're so good. You just want to see them get a shot here healthy in this AFC, especially with the Patriots down in the manner that they are. So I, I'm really hoping for health for them because how great would it be if before they move the Raiders – that they can get to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl for those Oakland fans before that move takes place. Yeah, that would have been uh, excellent for them. It had been sour for the uh, Oakland fans uh, to see a Super Bowl participant and possibly winner uh, leaving, but as it already is, would have made it bittersweet. Uh, but this team still was in a position to win this ball game, and no one they could, thought they could go in and, and throw the ball. And there were some big, big time throws by Carr before he, he was knocked out of the game. And then EJ Manuel, who I didn't even know was still in the league, comes Me neither. in, yeah. and he threw some shots. And, and I know it was a difficult catch there at the end, but Jared Cook. Uh, you, you got to make that catch into the end zone. You have uh, safety over the top who comes in and, and gives a shot to the head. I was surprised there wasn't a flag on that one. But uh, that, uh, as it was, uh, wasn't called. And 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 you you look at the, the play of that defense for the Reds. They really got the after Mac Trevor was... uh, Simeon, man. They pressured him all afternoon long. Uh, and, and that gave that offense a chance, even with a backup coming in, to still have an opportunity there in the end. Yeah, it really was from the second quarter on because in the first quarter I was I was watching this game and Simeon had a ton of time. He threw mm-hmm. for over 100 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter. And then after that, it was nothing, absolutely nothing. He was pressured constantly from the second quarter on, and most of it was Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack, when he's on, he's just one of those guys. He's like Von Miller. He's like Aaron Donald. He's, yeah. he's just one of those guys in the league that when he is dominating, there's just no stopping him no matter what the hell you do. Uh, so the Denver Broncos moved to 3-1, and one. And and Simeon, even though he was pressured and and kind of came back to earth, I really do like what I see from that guy. He's a he's a legit number one starter in this league, and uh, I think that if they get that pressure thing figured out, he could be pretty damn good for that team. I think he can go as he, they can go as far as they want to go with Trevor Simeon. I really do believe. Oh yeah, that. I really do believe that. And but I got to talk about Antonio Brown. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. You know this. Yes, you, you know I, I love do. this guy. I know you do. But he it's just him yesterday is just totally indefensible. Now he's had some issues like this before where he's complained about getting the ball and you know I've defended him and I've said okay, listen, of course he's one of the great players in the league, he's one of the best wide receivers, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame at this juncture. You know, and and I defended him. Of course he wants the ball. You know, but you know, yesterday in this game, you know, and, and they they end up winning the game against a division rival, all the crap that they went through the week before and the locker room divided because of Villanueva and and these issues that they were dealing with as a team to come out and bitch and moan about (laughs) not getting the football in this game and to throw a Gatorade container and then slap the hand away of your offensive coordinator who are you (laughs) like honestly and and we we talked so much and last week of doing New York radio we're talking so much about Odell Beckham Jr. and what he did was ridiculous with the lifting of the leg but to me chucking a Gatorade container and then physically slapping away a coach's hand is like 10 times worse than that and you know you you talk so much about great players and great organizations and those guys mirror each other so much because they're on these organizations that are just known for taking things the, the so seriously and doing things the right way and, and making legends out of their championship players and to act like that he should be so embarrassed of himself putting on that Steeler uniform, beating 
the Baltimore Ravens, their number one rival, and bitching about his role. I was disgusted by him yesterday. The word I was going to use was embarrassing. Because you're right, he should have been so embarrassed by that. He didn't show any contrition in the locker room after the game. Maybe after he gets home and he's able to see that the video of, of his his behavior, maybe he'll, he'll provide some today. But uh, that was... Uh, that was a terrible look on his part. Is it about you or is it about the team? So what, Ben, didn't c- catch you wide open on that particular play? There are others that are being paid to make plays as well, and he chose to throw the ball in a different area. Uh, there may be come, there may be an opportunity later in the season where he does find you when you're wide open, but to throw a tantrum, act like a little child in that moment was ridiculous on his his part. And then to take it to the sideline and do what he did there, the behavior he exhibited was terrible. He should be reprimanded for that. And Big Ben comes out after the game and, and covers up for him. Oh, he's competitive, all that. Well, we're all competitive, but you don't throw tantrums like that. That was ridiculous on, on Antonio Brown's part. And I'm glad you said it because I know he's one of your favorites. But he acted like a jackass. Well, part of the reason I loved the guy was because he was so unassuming early on in his career. All he did was work. I mean, I'd go to those practices to get interviews for our show in Pittsburgh, and, and he'd be there before everybody. I know it's a cliche, but he was. He was there before everybody on the practice field, and he'd be out catching balls out of the jugs machine after practice. Yeah. You have to wait around to just get him. He wasn't ducking the media. He was just working. He'd always talk to you. He was fun. He smiled. He had fun every time he played. It was just, it was everything about him that, that I loved. And then to see him now become one of these classic wide receiver prima donnas, just, it really, really disappoints me. And it's just, and there's, there's two types of guys when it comes to wide receivers. It's so distinct, the great wide receivers. There's the Jerry Rice and Larry yeah. Fitzgerald guys. And then there's the, the T.O., Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown guys, you know? And it's just, it's like, you're either great and you're the greatest ever and you lead by example and you're just the man, or you are some sort of prima donna superstar and it always happens with that position. And it's just, it's just so disappointing, especially with Antonio. Odell Beckham Jr., I've never really, it's not like he had a history of being a guy that like did things the right way where Antonio Brown did. It's like with the money and the success and the fame that Antonio Brown got, he changed and and I think that, that that's what really bothers well, me. Well, it goes it. back to are, are you a, a selfless player or are you a selfish player? Is it me, 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 me now? Or do you have to count on those other players in that locker room? They're there to make plays. It was Le'Veon Bell's day. Uh, he, he looks like he's round into shape after missing training camp. Uh, 35 carries, what, 163 uh, for Le'Veon Bell. So chill the hell out. You're not the only superstar on this team. And you should be over there cheering Le'Veon Bell on the back, patting him on the back, uh, and, and instead of throwing tantrums yeah. like a three-year-old. That was just horrible. He should be ashamed. His family should be ashamed that he behaved in that manner. And I hope there's someone, because Ben Roethlisberger is not that someone, I would hope there's someone in that organization, someone close to him, to tell him, hey, you put your team in a bad uh, a setting last last night or yesterday afternoon. You made them look bad, and you definitely made yourself look bad. And me, if it's a family member, you made us look bad. You acted like a jackass, and you shouldn't behave in that manner anymore. This, I mean, it's just it's asinine the way he reacted. Yeah, and, and this was not the week to add another divide right. in that locker room. I mean, what they went through last week and having and a villain to wave, having to apologize and trying to explain themselves and the whole botched anthem and uh, James Harrison calling out Villanueva. I mean, it was just a mess, all of that. 
And you would think they'd want to come out and be together and go out and beat the Baltimore Ravens, and they do. And instead, what are you talking about today? Is this guy in his hissy fit? All right, coming up next, we're going to get a Andrew Bogus update, and then John Beeson's going to join us. Ooh. Love talking to him as we'll get his thoughts on week four in the NFL. Keep it right here. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We're not doing that stuff. We're oh, not doing lame just alliteration. love alliteration. Yeah, no, no. no, no. Manic Monday. Yeah. Oh, Twitter geez. Tuesday. Freaky Friday. <sighs> Which Whip Freaky them out Friday. Wednesday. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah! Wednesday. <laughs> That's different, man. No yeah. one's doing that. Well, they we did. can't do that one? Well, they did, actually. I think it was something that the Opie and Anthony show did. Yes. Oh. Here in New York, where they whip it out mm. on a Wednesday. <laughs> you know? Only uh, on Wednesdays, though. Yeah. Uh, hey, congrats on the airing of the first Better Man show. Thank you. Appreciate that. The Better Man show, which is Brian's lifestyle television show. Is that yeah, a good way to put it? Yeah, men's health, fitness, and lifestyle show. So it yeah. was on in Albuquerque. Oh, cool. Uh, September 30th was yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that was Saturday. Saturday. It was yeah. on in Albuquerque. Okay. It was on in West Palm. Oh, what? Damn! Yesterday. It was on in West Palm. And you didn't even see it. I didn't even see it. And I, it was wow. Also, it was also on in D.C. yesterday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So if you oh. go to bettermanshow.com and click on Showtimes and where to watch. It, it was on. In, you, I flew down to West Palm, but I was so tired. I, I had to get a nap in as soon as I got off the plane so I could be up to watch the NFL action. Was, and didn't even get to see it. It was on CBS. Yeah. At 1 o'clock. Opposite of football game. Oh, well, damn. No one probably saw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you could have watched the Better Man mm. show. Yeah. I was watching my Cowboys lose. Huh. So uh, you can check that out. It'll be on in New York, episode one, on October 29th. Okay. Sweet. October 29th at 2.30 p.m. Huh. Is that... That's right in the middle of the day. That's middle of NFL day. It is, yeah, it is that's what we're having. We're having a big party, too, that day. Oh, are you? Yeah. Big Better Man Show party. Can I go? You want to go? I mean, I'm promoting the show well, on the you, air. You can, you're welcome to come. All right, you, good. I'll, I'll, I'll include you if you want right. to come over right. to Hoboken. That's where the party's taking Oof. place. <laughs> I knew I'd change it, too. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. You have fun at that party. I thought about that trip once and didn't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, you, you, you are never invited again. <laughs> All never, right. never try to help your friends have a good time. Moral to that story. Sure. Uh, We've got John Beeson coming up, so let's get to Andrew's update. Andrew, what's going on? So it was 15-10 Colts at halftime on Sunday Night Football in Seattle. It was 18-all in the third when the Seahawks unleashed J.D. McKissick. Second down and 13. Russell's going to hand to McKissick. He goes right side. He stepped inside of a tackle. 20-15-10. Five. Touchdown, Seahawks. Are you kidding me? Shot him, shot him out of the Man, where did he come from? Uh, Arkansas State and Phoenix City, Alabama, if you must know. Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. McKissick put Seattle ahead for good with that 30-yard run. His 27-yard TD catch in the fourth capped off the 46-18 victory. Chuck Pagano's Colts outscored 36-3 in the second half. Felt like we did what we needed to do uh, to start the game, but you got to play 60 minutes. You can't come out, you know, in the second half and do the things uh, to hurt yourself that we did. Seattle will need more from McKissick moving forward because rookie running back Chris Carson suffered a significant left ankle injury, according to head coach Pete Carroll. The Panthers blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead in New England, but then beat the Pats at the buzzer. Snap. Spot. Kick is on the way. 
end over end, and it is good. There we go. <laughs> Eugene Robinson mixed and loving it on Panthers Radio. Forty-eight yard kick go. from Graham Gano for a 33-30 W. The Rams ran past the Cowboys. That's a Cowboy loss in Dallas to the Rams, 35-30. We heard you the first time, The Falcons took their first loss of the season, 23-17 to the Bills in Atlanta. Houston Hammer, Tennessee, 57-14 with rookie QB Deshaun Watson accounting for five touchdowns and then a 14-7 home loss to the Lions. Vikings rookie running back Dalvin Cook suffered a suspected torn left ACL. Ezekiel Elliott's six-game domestic violence suspensions back in court today, hearing in front of the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Terry Collins will not return as Mets manager, but is taking an unspecified role in the front office. He is second in franchise history in wins. Giancarlo Stanton did not hit his 60th homer in yesterday's season finale. He will settle for 59, leading baseball in that category and in RBI. Rick Pitino is selling his Louisville home and, quote, laying low while reiterating his innocence in the bribery and corruption I'm scandal rocking college basketball. And the Minnesota Lynx with an 80-69 win at the L.A. Sparks to force a fifth and final game in the WNBA Finals. That's Wednesday night in Minneapolis. Boys? All right, Bogus, thanks. Joining us right now to talk about week four in the NFL's John Beeson of CBS Sports, former oh. NFL linebacker. I'm not so sure we should do this, man. I mean, because John, I was liking him till I found out who he works with on Sundays, man. Oh, who's he work with on Sunday? Prisco. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. Well, I'm, you know, you got to oh, have man. opposites attract. So well, maybe... well, yeah, that, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, I like him again. What's up, yeah. John? Good morning. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, listen, don't don't hold it against me. It's not by choice. <laughs> I hear you, man. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet, especially when they're paying you some coin, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, Pete, Pete, Pete's awesome, man. He, uh, he's been in the game a long time, and... Um, it's funny because we can we can share some stories amongst ourselves that we we, we probably can't talk about publicly, but you know he he's been around a long time and you can really pick up a lot from him. So well, he's very well, knowledgeable. You talking about his foot fetish? His height deficiency, <laughs> his lack of fashion and hair. You know, we talk about all that stuff. Uh, let's talk about one of your former teams yesterday and the big win that they got up in New England. Uh, it's a perfect question for you because you were a Carolina Panther for a long time, and I have a question about the defense. What in the hell's going on with that Patriots defense? Why was it so easy for Cam to do what he did up in Foxborough? Well, you know, I would say you look at the – you got to go back, I would say, a little further than, than this just this year. I mean, a lot of people want to talk about the injuries, but for me I think it's deeper than that. Um, you know, prior to the last two Super Bowls, they won and – you know, rare fashion. Obviously, they could have lost both of those as well. You know, I think they were kind of hanging their hats on the fact that, you know, let Brady handle the offense, and I'm going to find a guy because I'm Bill Belichick that I can coach up who's smart, consistent, and that's why we're going to win. They kept losing Super Bowls. So what do you do? You go out and you get rare talent. You know, you, you bring in Revis, you bring in Brandon Broner, um, guys with, with a unique skill set above the X's and O's that kind of push them over the top. So now that, that formula they're kind of keeping, they've, they've had exceptional talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and at the cornerback position they paid for. And, you know, the, over the last few years, they've let these guys walk out, and these two Super Bowls have been really close. There's really been a lack of, you know, whether it's play calling from, from, from the Falcons or you can even say play calling from the Seahawks on a one-yard line with Marshawn Lynch on your team and you throw the football. So um, 
I think that's the, the biggest thing. You you let you know Chan, Chandler Jones walk out, Jamie Collins, uh, Logan Ryan. I mean, guys who have unique skill set where sometimes it's just not about being in position. It's about having the athletic ability to make those plays. And I think more so than in the secondary, I think that's filling in the front seven with injuries, Rob Nikovich retiring. It's, it's, it's a, a lot of different things that um, the Patriots, we all thought were looked unbelievable on paper. And, and now you look at it, they don't look so great. Yeah, John, I brought up that point earlier. You know, it's one thing if you're lacking the ability to make the plays, but the mental aspect of the game, that's what separates the pro game from the college game. Not saying you can be a, a dummy and still excel at the collegiate level, but the communication, uh, that impact that that has on a team. We got a banjo inside out, you know, a couple of receivers. You have right. to communicate, and I, I'm seeing uh, issues with that. Speak uh, to that, that phenomenon at, at the professional level. Well, I, I would say, especially as a as a Mike linebacker, um, when it comes to just orchestrating the defense, getting guys lined up based on a formation, and then also making the checks. You know, when when if, when Brady checks, what 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 am I doing? What do I see when a guy motions? What's the personnel group? And then you might know it as a young guy. You might feel real confident. You're out there. You're 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 starting for the New England Patriots, but you're young, but you're not assertive in that moment. And you talk about a banjo, meaning. You know, you have two two uh, receivers lined up close to each other, and we're in man coverage, and we used to call it performance alignment. Meaning, if they're if they're close to each other, regardless if it's a receiver, I need to put myself in the best possible position to have a successful down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get picked. I need to be on different levels. I need to talk to my my nickel back. I need to talk to maybe I'm working with another linebacker or even a safety, or even a, a linebacker. I mean, uh, even a defensive end. So. I think those things, they come with time. And I know Coach Belichick is asking him uh, to do that. But sometimes in, in the heat of the moment, you might not get it out. Or maybe you just, you're, you're hesitant because you don't want to mess up and you know it in the back of your mind. Or maybe you don't trust the guy next to you. And I think, um, you know, chemistry is, is something that, that comes with time. And that's why the Patriots have been so good for a long time because they're usually a very veteran team. G. Owen Jones with John Beeson on CBS Sports Radio. He's now with CBS Sports, former NFL linebacker. Uh, I think that I've always wanted to see Deshaun Watson succeed. But early before the, the the draft, I thought that he should have been ranked higher. When he gets drafted, I wanted him to start. And he comes out and did what he did the last couple of weeks. I'm ready to anoint him as the next big thing because I don't like to wait for these things. And patience is stupid. <laughs> it's um, all about you, Jim. Right, really. So so I'm ready to, to say that he's great. Uh, what have you seen from him, and, and where do you think his career is going to go? Well, you know, to, to your point, um, you know, as a, as a player, especially when you get older in your career, um, you realize that teams need to start investing in leadership. Um, that's that's so important. You can't it can't always be about uh, the bottom line. You know, can we get younger at this position? Because, like I said, with New England, in the end, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And listen, you're sitting here doing the draft process, and you're hearing about all these other guys, and all Deshaun did was win and getting the opportunity to avenge his loss to you know arguably one of the you know it's, it's pretty much a factory now. You look at Alabama, Alabama you're like man, how's anybody going to beat them? Um, what you do in the moment, a lot like Cam Newton when he was coming out, how I felt about him um, on the big stage. Those are things you you can't quantify. That the things going between, you know, between the years, 
how a guy thinks and, and what he does in a moment, I think it is huge. And, and that's, that's who he's been. I think all the, all the critics um, saying he can't throw the football from a pocket, this, that, he's not that accurate. He won't be that good. Um, he's a, he's a special, special talent when he uses his legs to buy time in the pocket. And then uh, different from a, from a Cam Newton, when he breaks into the secondary, he becomes a wide receiver. He has real, real speed and he's very elusive. He can hurt you that way. Um, but the thing that's been most impressive about him is, you know, what he's been able to do pre-snap. I thought that he would go to New England and get confused by different looks and dropping defensive tackles and defensive ends and fire zones. And he just stood in there and made the read and delivered the ball on time with anticipation. He looks so far advanced. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's scary. And like you, I want to go ahead and anoint him as the next big thing. John Beeson, 10-year NFL vet, current CBS Sports NFL analyst, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio, Gio and Jones. Along those lines, though, they're gonna. this is still a young season, and you know right. the defensive coordinators are sifting through the film. They're going to try to take things away from him, and they're going to want their defenders to disguise what it is they're doing, whether it's a coverage, whether it's a zone blitz, what have you. What else needs to happen in his game for him to become and, and live up to all the expectations we're now placing upon the young man? Well, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a simple answer. It, <laughs> it's just reps. You know, how, how many times can you see it to the point where you can anticipate it and then you know how to react to it under, under pressure? I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, if you start feeling really good about yourself, if you're, you're Coach O'Brien – um, about how you're calling plays. I mean, you need to continue to put more on him at practice, um, expand the playbook so that if you have to make a, a mid, mid-game adjustment, um, he's ready for it. It's not completely new to him. Um, I remember playing for Coach Fox. Uh, we get in the game, we have a game plan, um, and all of a sudden it's not working. They're doing something unique, and we need to stop it. We're going to get the grease board. We're going to draw it up. We're going to call it this. Brand-new coverage, brand-new blitz. And he's expecting 11 guys to be able to go out and get it done. And sometimes you get it done and sometimes you don't because everyone's not ready for it. But at the quarterback position, um, that's the difference. Um, you know, you compare these, these, these young guys, um, let's say a Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, um, um, uh, Russell Wilson, any of these, these young quarterbacks, they compare to the greats of, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, you know, guys who almost have – you know, eight to ten years of experience over them. <laughs> you want to say, oh, they're not elite, but they're coming. They're coming of age, and it just takes time at that position. But you you rarely see a guy this good that early. How about your other former team, the New York Giants, sitting at zero and four in the last couple of games? Pretty heart wrenching defeats if you're a Giants player or fan on last second field goals. Uh, at zero and four, you expect not to make the postseason, but. You know, what are the goals as a player at this point when you head into a week of practice? You're going to face another 0-4 team in the in the L.A. Chargers. But what are you thinking if you're sitting at 0-4 starting this week? Well, I'll always say this. Um, you know, when things are going well, you're 4-0, and you're feeling good about yourself, you're undefeated, and you're walking around town, everyone's telling you how great you are. It's so easy to get up out of bed. It's so easy to go to go to work and go to practice and get ready for the next game. But that's not really what defines you. It's not really how you find out about yourself. And, you know, having gone through a 2-14 and 14 season in, in Carolina, I, I know how this feels. Um, being traded to a, you know, an 0-5 Giants team 
um, walking into to that building where everyone expects to win championships every every year, um, you find out who you really are. And I think guys just have to do more in the sense of, okay, realize that this is an opportunity to do something special, even though it seems far-fetched. But you really have to make that decision and say, this is, this is what I want, and it has to be a collective effort. And it can't just be uh, lip service. Sometimes the best way to lead is, you know, you might stay late in the, in the weight room. You might run extra after practice. You might ask the guys to stay late for a back seven meeting so we can go over some problem routes or problem run plays or, or just communicate so we can get on the same page. you got to just do more than what you're doing because what you are doing is, is not working. And I think the uh, expectation is being through the roof for the Giants is, is something that, that, one, is weighed on the defense because – yeah, you're giving up yeah, 27, uh, 27 points, 25 points, and the manner in which they've lost these games late has been on the defense where we thought we can lean on that. And the problems have been with offensive line, the lack of a running game. You know, why can't they score over 20 points um, a game? And I think the defense is starting to let the offense affect them. And offensively, um, you know, the deficiencies in the offensive line, you just you just can't overcome that. you you got to be able to compete at that position with guys, um, you know, like a Gerald McCoy who, who had a big day yesterday, guys who can really, really get off. I, I thought that they would win that game. You, the, the Bucks were missing their two starting linebackers who I think the world of and, and uh, Levante David and uh, Quan Alexander. Mm-hmm. Exploit the middle of the field. Shoot better, run the ball, run the run. Have some different runs that, that – force these young linebackers who never played before to fit them up and, and gash them. And um, you just, you just didn't see that. And it's, it's depressing, but at the same time, um, based on the guys that are in their locker room, they really, really need to do some soul searching and somebody's got to step up and, and grab everybody and say, I'm going to do more. And I'm going to ask my teammates to do more as well. John, I have a small sample size with John Fox, and you just referenced him and playing for him there in Carolina. What do you think he's telling his one in three Chicago Bears teams now? Well, I, he wants to play great defense always. He wants to, to keep it simple, and I think they, I think they've done that. I think they've competed, um, not you know, extraordinary well on the defensive side. But they're they're young enough. And they're doing some things and they're making some plays to kind of keep this offense in, in it. And I think, um, you know, Mike Glennon is, is somewhat hamstring because they don't really have any um, skill set on the outside. Anybody can kind of hang your hat on on a third, third down play. Um, but they do have the dynamic duo in the backfield with uh, Howard and Cohen. And I think if, if, if you bring in Trubisky, it can be twofold, right? You say, okay, well, he's going to get the experience. You look at what's happening with Deshaun Watson, some of these other young young uh, quarterbacks, Jared Goff, they're just they're throwing them out there and just letting them learn. Um, and there's something to be said about sitting like Aaron Rodgers did. But, but I think he, he he's more mobile than Glennon. And, and if you have a dynamic run game, maybe you can get him out on the edges, give him simple reads on bootleg plays where he's only looking at one side of the field. He has a run-pass option. Um, that's what I would be looking for. I mean, you're drafting number two overall, and, and if I had to bet, I would say Foxy didn't make that pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's just that's just not him, but they, they, they decided to move up and get the kid, and um, now he, he owns them. So, um, you know, it, it's your decision because he's the head coach. Even though he may have not drafted him, now he decides if he plays or not. And, um, you know, Glennon came into to last week completing 67% of his passes. I mean, that's uh, if he can maintain that for – 16, 16 games, that's, 
that's MVP level. The difference is, is they're just not down the field. You're throwing to your running back and your and your your tight end and and, uh, and Zach Miller. So I think um, you know Foxy definitely wants to you know, run the football. They're doing that well, but they just have to have a you know a counter off of that because everyone's just loading the box up and uh, they find a way to shoot themselves in their foot with uh, too many turnovers. Are you still as ripped as you used to be? Listen, I uh, I have a gym in my house. I get it in every day, mm. and uh, the goal is to still look like I can play. So I get it all the time. Hey, man, you still – I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I say, man, that's, this is all on the surface. I said, if you could look at my cartilage and, you know, torn PCL and arthritis in my shoulders, um, you, you'd know why. But I, uh, I don't run anymore, but I ride the bike religiously. So I, I stay in good shape. Still getting it in, Gio. Yeah, pretty good. Unlike us, well, unlike me, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's easy. We, you know, Pete. Pete calls it. Uh, he dubbed it fat ball season, and I, uh, I embraced it last year. I said, okay, I'm, not, I'm on this side of it. I'm retired. We're gonna come in here on Sunday. We're gonna watch football all day. We're gonna eat good and talk about ball and not work out. And uh, end of the season, everyone's up ten, fifteen, and I'm, I was right there with them. And yeah, the day it ended. I was like, okay. Enough of that. I'm not doing it this year, though. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's, we had pizza stacked up. I mean, the whole room. Yeah, I said nope, nope, nope. I was on Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> so are you lifting weights, or have you uh, changed your 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 workout since you're not playing anymore? Yeah, you know, I had to modify my workout a, a lot in my last four or five years, just because some of the injuries you just you can't do things like squat any, anymore. But um, you know, I still I still hit the weights, but extremely light. I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff. Okay. A lot of calisthenics. Yeah, me too. And that's different. It's, <laughs> it's not that I can't do it now, but mm-hmm. I want to be able to do it, you know, when I'm 40 and 50. So yeah. uh, taking care of the joints now is important. You don't need all those muscles, man. Give it up. <laughs> yeah, man. right. Nah, man, get, get, let hey, someone else have some, huh? Yeah. Hey, listen, man. Look, at the end of the day, you got to look You got to look good, and you want to look good naked. That's the most important Whoa, thing. Whoa, that's true. That's yeah. true. Don't worry about the scale. Just, just look, yep. look in the mirror. If you look good. Naked in the mirror, you're doing all right. <laughs> all right, John. We appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very impressive. One day I hope to look like John Beeson. I really, I really do. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. All right, folks. Have a good one. All right. See you later. Yeah, you tipped me off to one of these pictures of him at practice, like with a shirt off. Yeah, man. And once I saw that, I was like, whoa. Yep. You kidding me? And Boy, then there's muscles everywhere. Who were we talking about the other day on Boomer Show? Got muscles in the crack. I don't really remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, John Carl Stanton. Yeah, him too. Yeah, that's what it was. That's how they rolled down there in Miami, I guess. You see this one? Look at I this. I better get in shape. Dang! Yeah. Woo! I used to be almost close to that. Really? Man. Oh, yeah, I used to have a body, boy. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's like... That's you, abnormal. You, I can't... That's, that's not human. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good show for him, huh? Show off. So what? Yeah. Nobody's scared. Right. Because you down there and we up here. All the muscles. Give a damn. We're coming right back. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And he said that now that OJ's out, you guys going to have him on the show? (laughs) Well, (laughs) probably not. I mean, I don't think so. Nah. I don't really let him enjoy his first meal as a free man. What was it, McDonald's? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. which no. seems like a waste. But mm. uh, this winter, one out of every four batteries will fail. We're doing winter already. Uh, get yours tested for free. Superstar Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
If it needs to be replaced, O'Reilly has a superstar battery for you. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. OJ was caught at a gas station um, by a cameraman and someone interviewing him. He had uh, his door open, and he was in the car for a long time, and a guy rolled up on him and uh, wanted to get some thoughts, and this is the audio from that interview. How's it feel to be out? Juice. Man, how in the world? Y'all been, y'all stalking me? <laughs> Jesus, man. Where are you, where are you guys headed? Uh, one, no, none of your business. Two, I'm in the car for the last five hours, so how do I know how it feels to be out? And, uh, hey, man, look, I've been in nowhere, Cal. I've been in nowhere, USA, for the last nine years doing nothing. Nothing has changed in my life. What do you guys, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, there's nothing changed. Now. Please, all right, can I have a break here? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have God bless. Take Thank care. You. Can we have a break, <laughs> please, from O.J. Simpson? Can we have a break? Why do we need to hear from him? We yeah. don't need to hear from this man. We don't need to know about his whereabouts. None of that is intriguing to me whatsoever. Yeah. He, Give us a break. OJ, man. He's out there. Please. You think, who's going to get the first big OJ interview? You know oh, they're doing God. it. I just said give us a break, and then you're speculating who's going to give the first interview. I'm telling you, what's good. you know what's going to happen. Ugh. Tiki and Tierney, maybe? <laughs> Juice, what up? The juice is loose. <laughs> you are terrible. <laughs> the <Pens>. big ragu. <laughs> Teak, we got the juice. <laughs> That'd be a good landing spot, no? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No landing spot. Period. Go, yes, period. Just go away. You brought up a good point in the break about the Rams uniforms yesterday. Oh, what was that? Didn't make no, any you sense. Kick my Cowboys in the buttocks. But you but didn't match. you didn't match doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, guys, they, I mean, they're so particular about the uniforms and how they look and the shoes and everything. Because if you're looking good, you're feeling good, and you're playing good. And that didn't even match. The helmets were from the uniforms at that Thursday night game that went great with all white. That was a, a heck of a look. But then to have that helmet with the, the St. Louis Rams uniforms, I mean, come on. It looked really bad. Go back to the old Los Angeles Rams uniform. And I, I don't usually complain about the uniforms because they're going to do weird things with them, and the color rush uniform's fine. But when you don't match, that's when you had all that time to figure out what you were going to wear. Get the new helmets or just Gosh. wear those jerseys again. Go back to the old Los Angeles Rams uniform. You're in Los Angeles again, yeah. right? Go back to those. They might. Hopefully they will. I think that would look pretty cool if they did. The continuity certainly would be there. All right, thanks to John Beeson, Mikey B, PDB, Bogish, and Pierna. Welcome back, G. Yeah, man, thank you. We will talk to you tomorrow. Of course, we'll be thinking about everybody out in Vegas that was affected by what is shaping up to be the worst mass shooting in American history. Just tough stuff this morning. Talk to you tomorrow morning. G. Owen Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.